0: I'm Joe Jacobson at Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to Wickham Sound.
1: The Wickham Wanderers Show.
2: Welcome along to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show as we get very close to Christmas. It's the last one before Christmas, in fact. That's how close we are, and uh, not far away from the Boxing Day fixture at all. In the next hour, we'll look ahead to that game, the visit of Bristol Rovers to Adams Park. We'll look back at uh, another game, which was Adams Park as well, when the then league leaders, Ipswich Town, uh, came and went away with nothing. In fact, the home side got a 1-0 win, which was uh, fantastic. We'll hear from <laughs> Phil as well. Sound effects provided by Luke. Uh, more on that in a second. Uh, but uh, also, uh, we'll have our match debrief uh, with the uh, Wigan Wanderers, head of audio and broadcast, host of uh, top podcast, Ringing the Blues, and, of course, our match commentator as well. They're all one person, you know. Uh, we'll also hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth, get his post-match thoughts, and goal scorer Brandon Hanlon as well. That's a lot to pack in from just the one game, isn't it? Uh, All that's on the way as well. Plus, we'll hear from the manager a little later on as well, previewing the Boxing Day clash, and we'll have a Christmas message from him as well, as you'd expect at this time of year. We'll catch up with uh, someone who's made over 300 appearances for the club. Uh, That's Barry Baker. Uh, He uh, is a former midfielder as well. We'll be getting his thoughts as we uh, catch up with him uh, from his home in Bray near Maidenhead. Won't give his full address, uh, but that's on the way a little later on as well. And we'll find out more about the recently rebranded Wickham Wanderers Foundation, formerly the Wickham Wanderers Sport and Education Trust. We'll hear from Mark and Kirk as well uh, in the next hour. Lots to bring you as well. But first, we start with some highlights from Saturday.
3: Right, we are underway then under the lights in snowy Buckinghamshire. Wickham Wanderers taking an Ipswich and Ipswich launch the first attack down the their left-hand side. Here's McCleary. Can he crack the defence? Rolls it back and he finds McCarthy. steaming in McCarthy! Shot charged down. Wing heads it. Goldwoods tries to lob it over Walton. He's a toolkeeper and he's well positioned but Wickham Wanderers with their first real attack there. Long clearance and Ipswich to Alfie Mawson. Mawson just steps aside from Chaplin feeds it into McCleary lets it run to a beater brilliantly a beater into the box and then slid in by Hanlon on target saved by Walton but decent move by Wickham. a lovely bit of brain work there
1: by McCleary just stepped over the ball didn't he make the space that's class yeah you see GMAT just sort of take take the sting out of the defender by letting it run to Geordie and where the space is great ball across the box always going to be a tricky one for Brandon from there but he did well to direct it on target
3: well all headed forwards to the chest of Adapo Wheeler gets the ball back for Wick and finds Wing lovely little pass to, to Wheeler from Wing and then to Hanlon Hanlon's done well he's bullied Davis. he's still going to now Humphreys but he's still going oh what a goal what's a goal by Brandon Hanlon it's a trademark effort from Hanlon it was all upper body strength and trickery he brushed aside Humphreys and he looked up and drew the keeper and flipped it over his shoulder and that is a wonderful goal and that will warm you
1: up quicker Wanderers run in switch nil Brandon Hanlon you absolute beauty like you say Phil it's typical Brandon Hanlon the pace the power the trickery in and around the box and then the composure to solid pass past Morton was second to none and then Cherboys
3: lead 1-0 what a goal Mometi with a great tackle in midfield now he goes on a run Mometi runs into Humphrey's over he drops to wing wing that's a superb ball to McCleary. first time McLeary left footed onto his right goes for goal it's deflected charged down from the keeper big shout to Edmondson gets the ball he's then tripped over by Anis Rometti and that's a yellow card for the young Albanian up against Edmondson goes on to his left crosses charged down by Edmondson but hasn't gone out it's well defended by Evans. oh it's a poor clearance McCleary right-footed shot on the half volley always rising got underneath the spin of the ball Gareth Ainsworth claiming it's it's not five minutes yet it is now. It is. Wickham Wanderers have beaten top of the table Ipswich Town, who've lost for only the third time so far this season. A goal from Brandon Hanlon in the 39th minute was enough to get Wickham Wanderers to three points. Right then, we'll leave you with the full-time score here at Adams Park. Wickham Wanderers 1, top of the table Ipswich Town, nil.
2: A famous result at Adams Park. Uh, Phil bringing you the match commentary with summarising, excellently brought to you by Jasper Pattendon. Who's, who's only 20. That'll make you feel old, would not it? Uh, and I'm very pleased to say we can hear from Phil now uh, reflecting on, uh, as I say, what could be a fantastic win at Adams Park coming into the season.
3: Yeah, brilliant performance both on and off the pitch because it was incredibly challenging off the pitch as well with the, the thaw. There were burst pipes happening all around the ground, uh, etc. Toilets frozen when everyone arrived first thing. On Boxing Day. In fact, I don't think the temperature got um, above zero from the Sunday night before the game until probably as we got nearer to kickoff. So huge effort off the pitch as well. Uh, in what was incredibly testing conditions uh, to get the game on. Uh, credit to the ground staff as well. And then let's not forget the team who, on the pitch, delivered against top of the table, as was Ipswich. Um, so yeah, who've only lost, that was only their third defeat in the league of the season. So I think a real benchmark victory for Wickham Wanderers uh, on Saturday against Ipswich. And hopefully um kickstarts us into a busy Christmas period. Because you imagine as well that would be a
2: result and a performance that, you know, we'll look back on maybe at the end of the season or indeed perhaps sooner and think this was this was that was quite important.
3: Yeah, or well, it could it could spell a disastrous spell for Ipswich, maybe, and they never win again. Uh we'll <laughs> never know. Uh we'll find out sketch in a few weeks. Uh, I don't think that will happen. I think they're a good side, but I think Wickham had their game plan down brilliantly. And it was the Wickham of old, it was that kind of this knicker goal and then really dig in in the second half and be difficult to break down. And as fluent and brilliant as Ipswich have been this season, uh, Max Striek, bar one, really excellent save in injury time in the second half, I don't think was overly stretched at all. Um, he's got excellent positional sense, which helps. So he's always stood in the right place, which uh, makes it, he makes it look a lot easier than I think he actually is. Um, but yeah, he, did, he wasn't really stretched at all until very, very late on in the game. That would have disappointed um, the Ipswich Town fans who travelled en masse, Uh, But it delighted the Wiccan fans, I think, who were treated to a a Wiccan performance of old, um, full of desire, hard work. Big shout out to Jack Grimmer, um, who shifted across from right back in good form there into centre-back because Ryan Safazoli was ill. Um, But yeah, he was superb. I thought, you know, from one to 11, Wiccan saw out the game plan brilliantly. And uh, Gareth Fainsworth and Richard Dobson had the plan and it was put put out to perfection. and, And Gareth was very happy afterwards when I spoke to him.
4: Yeah, delighted, you know, really, really pleased with the boys' uh, performance. You know, I've always said that I can only put the plan in place and ask them to do it and they've got to go, you know, the buy-in that they give me is phenomenal. The When they go out there, the work rate, the way they soak up pressure sometimes and then individual brilliance to win games. The boys deserve that win today. They were fantastic and
3: hopefully every one of them will get the credit they deserve. That was a gritty performance in the second half as well and all the hallmarks of Wickham of old. Uh, all the hallmarks of MK Don's second leg away from
4: home, wasn't it? Uh, especially in front of the Ipswich fans there. Um, they weren't going to concede. They really weren't. You know, it was. Uh it was that I mean Ipswich were a huge, huge club. They brought loads of fans, loads of staff. Their equipment was strewn down the corridors of the uh, of the changing rooms, and even some of their players were stretching in the corridors. I think they brought so many players they couldn't all fit in the dressing room, and uh, my boys were stepping over them, you know, in, in before the game. So uh, it was almost like my boys were like, well, "What's going on here? You know, this is this is wicked. I mean, this is us." You know, and uh, I think if uh, they were determined not to not to. Lose the game today really were you know they they had um, they had the bit between their teeth all week we haven't really been able to train you know we were training in the snow one day we we did a session in the snow because I wanted to get my shape in, into into the boys and, and tell them exactly what we were going to do because it's which play a really tough shape to contend with they really do you know and Kieran changed it second half um, so again I had to counter that changing the game to to put them to to hopefully to to you know. Just restrict the chances and, and the possession, uh, not possession. The, the shots that they had, they had plenty of possession. Um, but as I was always said, possession doesn't win games. You know, it's, it's what you do with the ball, and it's a real big win for us. You know, and it's uh, Ipswich Town coming to wickham Wanderers. You know, it's, it's huge. They're a brilliant club. They're a massive club. The fans, their fans were great. You know, they were. travelling in numbers, and you know, it's. Um, it was something that we talked about before the game. Use that as an inspiration. Use that as I'm a f- professional footballer going out to play in front of 7,000 people. I don't care what fans they are. That's great. Who wants to do that on a Saturday? People give the right arms to that, and and so I told the boys use it as an inspiration. And actually, the Wickham fans had opportunities to out-sing the Ipswich fans because of the way the game went. And um, I was really proud of everyone. And oh, it's a, it's a nice Christmas present, early one for for most Wiccan fans today.
3: Very solid defensive display from, from 1 to 11. Max Strick, positional sense excellent. Didn't have to do anything spectacular until very, very last knock One
4: save, yeah, where the ball went into the ground and then nearly did him, you know, and it, it would have been very, um, almost choked them away deflection, you know. But um, he had to be there and his athleticism got up, tipped it over the, uh, over the post, and it's uh, three clean sheets in a row now for Max, which is brilliant, you know, really pleased with him. Um, but the, you know you've got Alfie Morrison leading that, that group at the back there he's inspiration to everyone and uh, he loves being here um, it's just you know Dominic Gabe coming back on a you know, real big positive for us you know players coming back Curtis Thompson was training this week Chris Verino training this week so you know Ryan Tafferzoli was ill um, as Sully Kikai was and you know but I'm looking at the squad going wow this this is this is going to get tough for me now because they've got so many good players um, yeah, Wickham are still in this I really really mean that you know and am saying we're still in it with you know I don't know 20 odd games to go so it's it's a real it's a real pleasure to manage the team really proud of the boys together, the efforts because Ipswich are going to be there if you finish above Ipswich this year you're going up that's what I think um, so to beat Ipswich at home was a was a big win for us
3: you mentioned the, the testing conditions because of the snow and the ice but a bit of illness around as well and no Taff today.
4: Yeah, illness in Taff and Sully and TJ and Anish was ill actually. Um, He's gone through the, the antibiotic barrier I think to play for me but... Um, it's uh, it's that time of year, you know, I think there's a lot of coughs and, and splutters around, but um, the boys have adapted really well to training this week, you know, um, really, re- really well. And can I just say that all it's not just the boys and me, can I say to all the stewards and all the volunteers who come and clear the car park and clear the snow off the dugouts and, and everything that they've done and the ground staff, thank you for getting this game on today because... Um, as you and I got it, on we wouldn't have this feeling right now. And uh, and so everyone's played their part. Fans, everyone's just been in the bar. It's packed, and that's that's great. It's Wickham Wanderers, you know. We're not an Ipswich where we think we deserve to be in, or, or we aspire to be in the back in the Premier League. We know where we are, but if we can if we can contend again for that championship, it'd be something really special. And at the moment, it's going okay.
3: You just thought you head around the door of the bar. Was that the perfect Christmas present for those Wickham Wanderers fans in there? I hope so. They sang my name and. Um,
4: which is really nice, you know. I think six weeks ago they were probably a bit more reluctant to sing my name, but please stay with me because uh, I've been in this a long time. It's it takes time and, and leaves in all those big names we had um, last season, and then the injuries we had at the start of the season, and the transition in the style of play. It all took time, and uh, I'm safe to say that we're we're nowhere near the finished article. We're not we're not this brilliant team yet, but we scrap and we fight and we we get points and uh and today's a nice day
2: great to hear from the manager and i think something that really stood out there as well was him saying about how you know the team's soaked up the pressure well and that, that must have been something that stood out for yourself as well
3: yeah because like i just said it wasn't really a this isn't any old team this is a this is a team who had, t- who had just gone top and uh and were doing very well and i've got you know i've got injury problems of course but you know with their bigger budget and stuff they've got almost an embarrassment of riches uh, across the squad. They've got good depth, good really good players. Uh, they brought on some excellent players off the bench. Their bench was very strong as well. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, you know, I think defensively Wickham was spot on uh, that day and the game plan worked really, really well. Um, so, yeah, more of the same, hopefully. And, and the spirit seems to have really kind of uh, risen to the top again. I think we, we missed, as we've said, many, many times this season. We've missed Bayo, we've missed Stocko, uh, we've missed Anthony Stewart uh, defensively at times. Um, but I think now the players, you know, we're seeing those generals and those leaders really sort of rising into the top now. you Jack Grimmer, um, Alfie Mawson, uh, especially, I think, have really kind of shown that spirit. And, uh, and I don't know if we've probably all seen the clip of the Wiccan players um, giving their appreciation to the travelling Ipswich fans on the full-time whistle as well and that was that was full of passion and spirit as well uh, which was good um, great to see Brandon Hanlon get off the mark as well after what's been an injury hit campaign for him his first goal since February and really good timing as well because uh, he's probably got up to proper match fitness now after that long injury a trademark goal from him and it's uh, up against his former club Bristol Rovers on Boxing Day and it was good to speak to Brandon after the Ipswich game as well
5: I'm buzzing to be out there again it's nice to start and obviously I'm buzzing to score and win do you know what I mean but um, yeah it was a good game for us the boys grafted hard and you could see it on the pitch it was a long 90 minutes but to win 1-0 against top of the league it's a big achievement to be fair
3: When you come back from injury all that hard work in the gym etc it must be that feeling when the ball hits the back of the net that really drives you on
5: Yeah I mean I I feel like I haven't scored in ages Um, even when I was celebrating I didn't really know what to do that's how long I haven't scored but I was just buzzing to score um, and it was nice to win as well. An important
3: goal, yeah, in a a 1-0 win, of course, but it was a classic Brandon handling goal, wasn't it? Because it was the upper body strength of the turn, but then skipped away from one and then a calm finish.
5: Yeah, I mean, obviously, when the balls come to me, I'm an attacker, so I just forward thinking. And as I was driving into the box, space opened up for me and I managed to get past the keeper as well.
3: It was a big defensive display from everyone as well, not just the keeper in the back four, the whole team, uh, because Ipswich uh, have only lost twice before today, so it was always going to be a test.
5: Yeah, I mean, I may have scored, but I mean, the whole 11 grafted so hard, Max with a massive save at the end, the back four obviously clean sheet too, and in the middle, yeah, it was a big, big performance from the boys.
3: Gareth Faines has been saying this all season, when the injured players come back, wickham are going to have a fantastic second half of the season. We're not quite halfway there yet, but Wickham have gone up to seventh today. So
5: this one's on, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, of course it's on. I mean, you've got to believe it's on as well. I mean, we, I think we've got a, big, a good group and it's better when everyone's fit. It might be harder f- for people to get in the team, but you want those kind of decisions to make and it's just better when everyone's fit, really.
3: We've all struggled with the weather and the conditions this
5: week. What's it been
3: like? Because I know the training's been disrupted.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's been freezing. Um so cold, but part of it, you know what I mean? You know, every December, November, it's going to be freezing. So you just got to deal with it and just crack on, really.
3: And what's this next couple of weeks look like now for a professional footballer? Because we know that the games, come, they come thick and fast now, don't they? Boxing Day, they're not many days. Long trip to Plymouth and Peterborough. Mm. How do you prepare for that?
5: I think you just got to take it game by game. I mean... Obviously, we played today. Next focus is Bristol Rovers on Boxing Day, and then after that, we focus on Plymouth. So, just take it week by week, game by game.
3: A goal now gets you in the in the groove. Uh, Bristol Rovers, your former club.
5: Yeah, my former club. Obviously, I want to keep scoring regardless of who I'm playing against. So, I just want to go on a nice little run, and I'll do everything I can do to get there. Good stuff. Oh, happy Christmas, Brandon. Merry Christmas, too. Thank you.
2: Great to hear from uh, Brandon, obviously someone that we don't hear from too often. And as you say, great for him to, to get a goal uh, after quite a period without scoring as well. And as you say, this, this period that we're going into now, it, it feels almost like a cliche, doesn't it, to say how important the, the festive period is. But taking on a team like Bristol Rovers first, who are you know, in and around Wickham in the table, and then you know a trip to Plymouth, who, you know in a similar situation to Ipswich as well.
3: Yeah, Wickham Wanderers, Bristol Rovers, uh, regardless of what the league table says, is always a spicy fixture because of uh, recent and not so recent history. Um, uh, but I think they've done incredibly well to come back out of League Two um, uh, in recent times. Uh, an amazing promotion on the final day of the season last season. And they've really picked up where well, they left off and And they started the season a bit like Wickham, had a sticky start. Um, but they've really sort of come to the fore again. They've had big players coming back from injury. They've got some really good low-knee acquisitions, so I, I guess it'll be key if they can keep hold of some of those in January as well, if they're going to kick on. But they're one point behind Wickham going into Boxing Day. They'll be looking at the top six and thinking, well, why not? Um, We're in the right position. We're a bit under the radar. No one's really talking about us um, in a footballing sense. And Joey Barton's been there and done it before with Fleetwood at League One, took them to the playoffs and the uh, Unfortunately for them, they fell uh, against wickham Wanderers in uh, in that back in that 2020. Um, but yeah, so Jerry Barton knows what it's all about in League One, um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens on Boxing Day because I think it's going to be a stern test for wickham Wanderers and also Bristol Rovers. Two form teams going at it uh, on a on a festive fixture, um, bit of spice with the history as well. It's all set to be a Christmas cracker, Colin, and I do not apologise for that joke. Please
2: don't, and I do hope that your, your tie will make a, a festive return as well. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I don't like wearing a tie unless I'm going to a wedding <laughs> or a funeral. But, I mean Boxing Day, I'm not sure. Possibly, we'll see.
2: And as well, it's really nice that we had the three clean sheets in the last games. And does it really feel now something's starting to click with the with the injured players coming back as well?
3: Yeah, Josh going in front of a back four. Uh, Jack Grimmer back to his best. Uh, Alfie Mawson, well, he's just been excellent since he's come back and is continuing to be, uh, to be fit and raring to go, which is a joy to see. Uh, Ryan Taffers only missed out due to illness. So hopefully he's back in contention as well, because now we're starting to see, uh, the squad coming to the fore too. Um, but yeah, I think the big one was Josh Cohen really when he came back and has just added that, that bit of tenacity in midfield. Um, and it allows the likes of Lewis Wing to kind of start picking passes as well. Um, so, yeah, I think really good to see. And the switch round against um, Pompey when Brandon Hanlon came up and led the line, that seems to have caught a few people by surprise, the uh, the sort of people who come on uh, and do interviews and say, oh, we know, we know what we're going to get when he's playing up against Wickham, you know, the big target man, long ball, et cetera. Um, And they've been a bit surprised because it's been more about Gareth McLeary, Anis Fometti and Brandon Hanlon of late. Um, And Vokeshi off the bench, a wonderful option, but he's going to be chomping at the bit to get himself back in the starting lineup as well. Um, So great position for Gareth of to be in, difficult decisions, um, lots of options for him. uh, And hopefully um, he's been saying it for a little while, the second half of the season, he was predicting big things. I'm hoping he's right.
2: And something a bit special about Boxing Day football Adams Park as well.
3: Yeah, Boxing Day is a wonderful tradition, isn't it? Everyone's been keeps up inside with their relatives having a great time. And then they think, right, Boxing Day, let's go and get some fresh air. Let's get down to football. Uh, take the family with you, of course. You know, bring the, bring everybody. Uh, it'd be a wonderful time, Adams Park. So, yeah, Boxing Day football, wonderful. Um, Bristol Rovers will travel well. They always do. Should be a, cra- a cracking atmosphere. And hopefully um, three points for the Wickham Wanderers uh, home faithful. That'll be a wonderful way to celebrate.
2: I well, wish you a happy Christmas and I uh, look forward to hearing uh, the commentary on, uh, on Boxing Day.
3: Yeah, we've got Jasper Patton with us on Boxing Day as well, so that's going to be great. Uh, he made his debut last week, so yeah, it should be a great commentary uh, on what will hopefully be a very good game.
2: Thank you so much, Lee, for your time. Cheers, Colin. Happy Christmas, everyone. Always enjoyable having Phil on the show, and as I say, he'll be bringing you the live commentary. And don't forget, if you want to hear in full those chats with the manager and Brandon Hanlon, or Brandon O'Hanlon, as I call him out here, uh, then uh, check out Wanderers TV.
1: The Wickham Wanderers Show Thursdays from 7
2: Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show we'll catch up with the new-ish Chief Executive of the Wickham Wanderers Foundation that's Mark Gateskell Uh, he'll be joined by Kirk Williams as well (laughs) don't know why that's funny Uh, but first uh, we'll uh, continue our uh, regular Catch up with a member of the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association. This, a former midfielder who played over 300 times at Lokes Park. Well, certainly for the club. Some of those weren't all at Lokes Park, obviously. Uh, played in midfield, as I say, uh, in the uh, 60s slash very early 70s. Played under uh, three different managers. Uh, he is Barry Baker and tells us about his early earliest memories uh, from the club where, uh, just prior to joining, he was at uh, Queen's Park Rangers.
6: I was amateur and then uh, manager um, let me go because she said I was too small but I was amateur anyway but and then I don't know how it came back but I got, but I got, I got a letter that uh, Wickham Wanderers Sutton and Wharton Hersham were interested and of course I had no transport I was 18 I thought Wickham was the easiest and I used to get a 441 bus that went from Wickham I lived in Slough then to Staines and that's how I used to play and it was like I used to work till half past five as a Tuesday night game, get the bus to Wickham and then struggle to try and get the quarter past nine or ten past ten bus home. So I, I think I played a, a one or two reserve games and I was lucky. I made, I didn't realise but it was in the program. I made my debut in, in 1964 against Maidstone at Lokes Park and we drew one each.
2: So what were your first impressions when you, when you arrived at the club?
6: Well, I, I just loved it because I love football. See, I used to eat and sleep football. And uh, it, we weren't coached, but it was just lovely. You know, and the, the crowds were great, you know, and the mates. And I just love football. And as I said, I was there seven years, I did, like 348 games. Obviously. But we are we all amazed at the football, how when we first started, we had no subs. We had 11 blokes. And we didn't get injuries. I think in seven years, I might have missed eight games. And you could tackle then. The pitches weren't as good. So I just don't know why people get so many injuries. But anyway, I loved it at Wickham. And what was also lovely, I think, being only five foot six and the smallest player, at the end, end of the game, home game, you used to get all the young lads come on, you know, with a programme to get you to sign and I didn't think till a few years ago, they used to come on every game. And I used to wait. If there was 50 or 100, I'd sign every one. So a fortnight later, when there was another home game, they would still come out with their programmes. And I would still, and I'd sign right to the end, because I thought they wanted it. But I wondered why that, that one uh, programme sign wasn't up. But they used to do it. Yeah, you felt, you know, good. And the crowds was good, you know, two or 3,000 even then.
2: And I bet you can right. imagine you have been making over 300 appearances for the club, either.
6: 300, fine. You know, I didn't realise, but I did... Um, I should have got it, but I... You know, there's a history of Wickham Wanderers by... They put some... A couple of blokes... I should have got it, and I didn't. But then somebody won an eBay and got me it. I think, is it from 18-something or till 1960? But that's when I looked at the games, you know, and I was amazed. But it was um, a game at Wickham where they they brought a lot of players back that had done a lot of games. And I think I might have been like 24th in the list of games, you know, which is great. And we were introduced from a door into the Caledonian suite and they said, Barry Baker, 348 games, 12 goals, which was embarrassing really for (laughs) half that, really. But I thought apart from that, you know, I know that when Brian Lee, took over whatever he used to say you at least I should have at least four shots a game and he used to have goes at me for not shooting for goal but if you look at the blokes I was playing with Len Worley Keith Samuels Paul Bates Tony Horsman they scored got not that I didn't need to but they scored the goals you know it's just a fault in my game that you know if I had my time again I would have shot more but uh also as well when I first started out at QPR I was a defensive midfield player. I just marked the best inside forward. And I'm not being big head, I just found it easy because that's all I did. Got the ball past it to a player. But when I went to Wickham, I went the other way. I started to be creative and I should put through balls and I used to enjoy it. You know, but uh, I loved my time there. It was heaven. Yeah.
2: You must have seen so many changes during your time at the club as well and playing under different managers.
6: No, I, I played, I think Don Welsh took me there but I don't, People say he was a bit mad in a nice way. But then, well, we weren't coached and then there was Brian Lee. But I think when Brian Lee came, he could replace nearly all the team he had because I think he used to run Bisham Abbey and a lot of the England amateurs and that training. He, he could get good players. And like you've got Keith Searle from Wheelstone. You've got Larry Pritchard and an England centre half from Sutton. So he got rid of us. That's fair enough. You know, you're going to get the best team you can. And that's when... Just when I left in 1971, that's when they won the league, which is the last year I was there, but he could get the players. But I was a bit choked, but at the end of the day, you know, you move on. But after that, I did nothing. I had two spells at Maidenhead, two at Marlowe and one at Winter. And I didn't play the same football I played at Wickham, but that's life. I just like the good life. I just like to go out for a drink, and that's, that was my downfall, I think, near the end. <laughs> Not that I, I was alcoholic, but I just <laughs> shouldn't have been out drinking before a football match. There we are. Different times. Yeah. yeah. And then if you're like, also I played for the county, which has got played for the Bucks and Bucks, I think, over 10 times, which was nice. You know, I mean, got picked. And then I captained the south of England against the north of England at the old Ayrson Park, Middlesbrough. And my relations come from County Durham and they came down and I had a stinker, had a stinker of what was great, they, they don't mix their words. They didn't just say nothing. They said to me, you were useless. <laughs> but there we are. And then I also played for the uh, FA11 against the British Army. And, you know, so uh, I had a fair few honours, and I, I love my time at Wickham. You know, I love going back now. And it's lovely, Is occasionally, because a few people still know me, but but they've got to be over 60 but it's lovely that sometimes they'll stop you. We'll have a chat, and they've they've been watching Wickham, you know, say, 60 years, which is absolutely brilliant, you know.
2: There must be something really special about, as you say, be someone reminding you of a, of a game that they watch that, that you play particularly well in, for example. I
6: think it was 1966. We played Bedford, and they were in the Southern League, and we played, I think, four games. Then you played to a result, you know, and I've got nothing wrong with that now. I think it's great. But I know that we were in the press. You know, the Daily Mirror had a photograph in there about the game. And I was in the background. And also, you might remember, there was there was a newspaper. I don't think it was the Herald, but there was a newspaper. It's folded now, but it was a national newspaper. And there was a gentleman that wrote about the game called Clement Freud, who was well-known. He, he went on to be an MP. But he would write was writing about the game. And he would have a paragraph talking about Wickham. The next paragraph was like a nuclear war or something. Then he went back to Wickham, and it, he went on, you know, was writing on two completely different things. And at the end, he said something like, "These two teams have played four out of five hundred minutes of football, and they said that they've got as much chance of winning as I go at the moon." But it was great, you know. It was just he wrote about two different things, but it was lovely in the press. It was nice to read.
2: And something else which really stands out from speaking to other players from your era at the club, and obviously the fact that you're still you know, in touch now, is, is how well you all got on.
6: Oh, yeah. You know, it's, I had a friend, one of my best friends, who died about seven years ago. His son didn't have many friends. And he said, the thing I said, if you'd have played football, you'd have still friends for life. And I had two, my two best friends, they both died within the last four years, is due to football. And it's due to keeping and and there's You get camaraderie and there's people, you know, you've known for life. And that's through football at any level. And you can't beat it. You know, your mates, like I used to play on a Sunday. And it was lovely to go in the pub after the game when it was only over to us. Have a shandy and a good banter. You know, and, and it's, it's lovely now. I'm with three players that come regular that I've known since 1964, which is brilliant. Yeah.
2: And it must be incredible for you to see the team now compared to, you know, when you played as well.
6: Well, I'm glad I played when I did, See, because I didn't kick with my left foot. Terrible. But then, because we had five forwards, you used all the pitch, you know, so you had nobody you know, like all 10 went over together or whatever, or 20. So I could get it onto my right foot. But if I'd have had a left foot, I'd have been even better. But if I run a team now, there are people in all professional, all levels, in that are only one-footed. But if I run a team, they wouldn't. Pre-season, I'd have them in the gym and they'd play with two feet. I've got two grandsons, one's still playing it, and he's kicking with both feet because I made him do it. And you've got where you haven't got so much room. You know, it's it, it's good, but I prefer watching Wickham. I don't like Premier football. I can't stand twenty passes at the back and getting nowhere. Wickham just go up, 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 and have a go. And I didn't like it to start with, but now I much prefer it. You know, we, we know what we're good at, and we'll have a go at it. Yeah.
2: So, what what would you say is so special about the club? Because so many people you know have such a special place in their heart for it.
6: Well, I, I don't know. It's, it, I suppose every player that plays for a club I would have thought that's their club but something about Wickham I think because it was a, a big side in Bucks not big, that I wouldn't have felt anything different against a smaller club but it's just you know I think the fans have always been brilliant they very rarely boo the side you know there's lots of people that have sported for 60 years you know there's just and it's a small club because you know five four five thousand people but it's your club and, it, you know, it's always been my club. And I'm so pleased that I've gone back, you know, like I didn't go back for 30-odd years. And then I go back now, and I love it. And even if we have a bad day, I've still enjoyed the day. You know, it's a day with friends. A win's a bonus, but the rest of it's a banter, and we can criticize or whatever. But it's, it's just a wonderful day out.
2: And tell us a bit more about what you're doing after your time at the club. You are saying you were at uh, Maidenhead and Milo for a bit.
6: Yeah, I... I had a spell at Maidenhead for 30-odd games and I played terrible and they let me go. I went to Marlow and I didn't think I did too bad. And I was at Marlow when we played Maidenhead again in a friend or something. And Maidenhead had a new manager and I must have played well in the game because she asked me, would I go? So I went back again and played 30 or 40 games and then left. Then I went back to Marlow and then I was founded in my 30s because of the lifestyle I think they have now, their diets and everything. I, I was struggling to do it, but I did play local football as well, and I played till I was 42 and still could bet a good Sunday side, and then I refereed for 10 years because I was very critical of referees. So I thought i will have a go, and I have used to be very sympathetic to referees, but I think in our league we have some very poor referees. If you take the... When we got into the championship, we played, I remember, it, uh, we played Watford at home. And we had a little bloke up front. He was only about 5'8". And the goalie leant over him and we scored. And he gave a foul against the goalkeeper, which he shouldn't have done, against our player. So we lost two points. We had another game where we were offside and we were running. We weren't. There were about three games. If we'd have got them points, we'd have stayed up. And it's absolutely embarrassing, you know, the decisions. I can go 50-50, but a referee's cost us that league, in my opinion. There we are.
2: <laughs> it's really interesting, someone who's actually refereed as well, because obviously you're you're well-placed to be able to, you know, sort of analyse, you know, their performance.
6: Well, I used to, when I refereed, I go Sunday, but when, when the people mark you, you know, you, a referee's never going to be the winner. You know, if you do your job, you, you expect it. You're not going to say, oh, what a wonderful referee, like you would a player. But when we had a Sunday, the top three referees marked were all ex-players. And I think, you know, I know when a bloke's gone in to take a bloke out. I know when a bloke's just a little bit late, you know, and I I don't think many of these referees have played the game. And that's my opinion. You know, I'm not saying all referees that haven't played are are bad, but I think if you've played the game, you know what's going on.
2: And obviously the ex player Association is something that you're a big advocate of as well.
6: I'm surprised we don't get more, but of course I suppose in the professional side, a lot of them won't live in Wickham now. If you're living, say, in Leicester Street, you're not going to come down, but the ones that do, you know, we, the four of us, it's just, it's just lovely. You know, it's, you, the older you get, you pray, pr- appreciate little things that when you're younger, they just go by, you know, but so like, like Keith and Vinnie, I always thank them, you know, They've got to get this done, that done. It might only sound easy, but if they didn't do it, we wouldn't have an association. And they're really into it. and I, I appreciate them so much, just doing the basics and keeping it together, and it's lovely.
2: Well, it's been brilliant to speak to you and share your memories. Thank you very much for your time. Lovely, thank you Pleasure to speak to uh, Barry uh, Barry Baker of course Who's a former midfielder uh, at Wickham Wanderers And big thanks as always to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association Who uh, I'm sure you'll agree have uh, provided If that's the right word Some some, uh, fantastic guests in 2022 Really enjoyed chatting to Players from all sorts of different eras And uh, this may not surprise you But there's more to come the Wickham Wanderers Show Thursdays from 7 FM, Wickham sound. Still to come, we'll hear from manager Gareth Fainsworth who has a Christmas message uh, for, <laughs> for fans as well uh, Luke's been providing uh, sound effects on backing vocals this evening You're welcome just quickly as well, can you give us some insight like you did earlier about uh, some of the great uh, uh, things that happened to Adams Park this week?
1: Oh, um, I had a, a nice catch up with uh, Mr. Matt Cecil of Head of Media and Mr. Phil Catchpole of Everything Else, um, and shared uh, a nice drink, which was very nice. I held a camera. <laughs> uh, we spoke. Me and Phil spoke about uh, an old tea urn that he should take back to the um, the Bill Turnbull gantry, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a very good day. Nice, it was actually quite nice to see Adams Park all snowy
2: brilliant insight uh, you. more from uh, luke on uh, future episodes of the wicked Wonders show that sort of insight you can't get anywhere else
1: you probably get better insight somewhere else <laughs>
2: um as i say uh, more from the manager in a few moments time as well but first uh, i'm very pleased to uh, bring you some uh, more information about the recently renamed wicked wondrous foundation uh, we'll hear from uh, kirk in a few moments time uh, but first mark who's the uh, newly appointed chief executive hi colin thanks for the invite. Um- it's been a whirlwind.
0: I've uh, I've completed nearly three months already, which has gone gone really quickly. But yeah, so I'm a the new chief exec at uh, Wick and Wanderers Foundation, formerly WW Set. Yeah, interesting interesting journey. So I, I, I mean, coaching is my background. So I began as a began as a coach at, at two good clubs, Southampton Football Club, and had some time at Fulham before. Uh, heading off abroad, this is the, the short version of the story, went out to the Middle East and, and thought I'd stay one or two years and stayed 11 years over in uh, the UAE in Dubai and sort of had shifted across from coaching to, to kind of sports business, did my master's degree as a part of my transition back to the UK and... Um, yeah, ten month search for the for the right opportunity led me to to Wickham Wanderers and uh, and into the foundation. So, yeah, look, it's been a it's been a really great first three months. Very fortunate, and I'm not just saying that because he's next to me to uh, inherit a really great team of people, um, just just fantastic people across the board, and a great sort of base to build from. So, you know, the foundation was was already doing some really great things. For me, it was a question of how can we grow and improve what we're what we're doing. And part of that was sort of our rebrand, which I'm sure we'll we'll come on to. And we've got lots of new, exciting projects happening as well.
2: So for people that don't know, what 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 is the foundation and what what do you do?
0: Yeah, so the foundation is the the charitable arm of the football club. So, you know, the football club is our kind of key partner, key vehicle. It's the brand. It's the identity. it's, It's what people engage with. You know, people are... Um, particularly in the Wickham community, obviously have close links to their local football club um, and we're their charitable arm. So our kind of key objective is to deliver programmes to, to ultimately benefit the community.
2: And it really feels like, a am sure since your short time at the club, it really feels like a real kind of family and, and, and the, just the local area, how, you know, what you do brings people together.
0: Yeah, honestly, I think I, we said this in a post, yes, that lots of clubs say, oh, we're a family club. And I think it's easy to say that, but harder to consistently prove that i guess but that was my impression of wickham before i before i came on board it, you know I'd, I'd had and gone through some interview processes at, at, at other clubs and yeah i felt i felt that from wickham from the outside and i felt that through the interview process and then i felt that instantly when i when i joined the club i was uh, i was invited very quickly into lots of different committees sort of the, the safeguarding committee at the club we have an edi committee and, and, yeah, I was, I was invited and, and integrated into what are two separate entities. Yes, we're very closely linked and we're part of the football club, but we are also our, our own entity. But it doesn't feel that way. You know, we, we had some of the ex-players sort of donate some money, which, again, I'm sure we'll come on to talk to. Um, so I had some ex-players down at the foundation yesterday and I was dealing with various people at the club. So it's, it's very well integrated and, and is one big,
1: big family. Yeah.
2: Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your role in the foundation?
1: Uh, so yeah, I've been working at Wickham Wanderers Foundation now for, uh, for for many years. My current role is that I'm head of sports participation. So I overlook sort of two key areas of the uh, the organisation. We have our elite development academy, where we work with gifted and talented players that may be attached to junior football clubs, and our aim is to try and challenge and stretch them, get them training on a regular basis with like-minded players, and for them to be the uh, the, the very best we can. Or the very best they can be. So, on average, we probably work with about 450 players on a weekly basis. These range from under six all the way through to under 16s, and that's boys and girls. And uh, with with the help of our uh, sort of professional coaching team, who are very enthusiastic, uh, we work with these players on a weekly basis for 40 weeks of the year, training with us uh, during the evenings and then playing games versus professional football clubs during the uh, the school holidays. You know we, we 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 like to help our community in the way we definitely help our community there is obviously working with these talented young players but also making them the best they can be for their junior football clubs so we we work well together there.
2: It must be so rewarding both for yourself and your team to, to see these youngsters develop as well.
1: I've got to say it's the, uh, the highlight of our day, going out and delivering from five till seven most evenings with these uh, young players. They're very enthusiastic, great to work with, um, but we have, yeah, we have many success stories. So we do have players there that outgrow what we do and then they get the opportunity to uh, get signed up with a, uh, a professional academy. Some players go off to Category 1 clubs like Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham. So uh, that's very rewarding to see. But
2: Mark, those sort of stories must, you know, come across in many aspects of what the foundation does.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've got success stories across.
0: You know, we have four departments. Kirk's talked about success stories. There, that the nice thing is, we've got success stories of very uh, sort of um, differing levels. You know, for for instance, I was out earlier this week delivering Christmas presents around Wickham. So you know, that was really satisfying. that supporting the Chiltern Toy Bank providing sort of Christmas presents to to needy families across the community, and the and the response and the reaction at the door when you're when you're supporting and helping someone gives us a you know a really great feeling, and that's very sort of very different to a success story of a player being signed at, at, at Chelsea, but equally uh, equally satisfying.
2: There's such a range of people and, and sort of challenges that you can you can help people with as well.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, look, across any given week. We are we're we're on a football pitch. We're we're in an allotment. We're doing some skateboarding. We're delivering presents. We're in the office. We're you know it's um I think it's it's sort of the best of both worlds. You know often people within within sort of community football programs are, are passionate football passionate sports people and they want to be around that that football environment but. But actually, we're also just just, just helping people and, and delivering programs that benefit the community kind of in a real wide ranging spectrum. And, and, and it's really, really satisfying.
2: And people can benefit both physically and mentally from from being involved with the work that you do as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our, our four departments, you know, would probably highlight that. We've got sports participation, which, again, as it sounds, is providing those those sporting opportunities for for. Not just talented children, but for, for anyone that 's wanting to to take part in sort of sports activities we 've got an education department, so we work very closely with with schools um, we 've got an inclusion and cohesion department, so we do we do a variety of different um, different programs within there, including sort of a refugee skateboarding program, which again is is really satisfying, not my sport so i haven't, uh, i haven 't take taken part in that one just yet uh, and then we 've got a health and wellbeing program so a- again' it 's it's, um, it's really wide-ranging and and, and in that department you know our our colleague Simon is at a cookery course today in prep for a for a new project and where he's on the allotment with his keep moving forward program we do a well-being walk Um, so yeah it's really really wide-ranging the people that we're able to support and help.
2: And initiatives like Chairboys Chat as well which is something which is a fantastic idea and really sort of inclusive as well.
0: Yeah uh, look I think obviously mental health uh, awareness is very prominent at the moment and rightly so and we feel the the football club provides a great platform to to engage and help with with particularly on, on, on a male mental health level so Chairboys chat is for is a is a men's mental health program that that tries to engage with men from 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 the Wickham kind of supporter group to come into the stadium after games and talk about a wide range of issues you know from um, a- absolutely anything that they might like to talk about so yeah it's it's, it's great to be able to support lots of different people
2: and Kirk, I'm sure with what you do as well, it's not just the actual football itself. You, you, you know, the youngsters have other kind of challenges that you can provide support with for as well.
1: I'd just like to go into a little bit more detail in terms of, of what else we do. Um, obviously, I mentioned there about the uh, the gifted and talented players we work with through the EDA, uh, but within the uh, sports participation team, we have um, some great staff who who work full time with us who go out and engage with many different groups throughout the uh, throughout the week. So their sort of typical day. Will be they? They they go and work um, in schools and deliver PE sessions. So it gives them the uh, gives the participants the opportunity to have a a professional coach coming in during the school day um, and delivering football activities, as well as maybe upskilling the uh, the teachers they're working alongside. Um, and then we would stay on and do um, after school clubs within the school. So again, we're working with children that may play for junior football clubs and want to learn a few more skills, flicks and tricks. But also gives them an opportunity with their experience to to be leaders uh, with, with their peers. But also, it's an intro- introduction to football for, for some of our participants. Maybe never even thought of playing football before, and it might be their first introduction to to sport and football on an after-school club. And like I mentioned before, then our our coaches would go on and deliver uh, within the uh, sort of the EDA program during the uh, the evening. Also, uh, we we deliver sort of a Saturday morning club, and again, this is more again for an introduction to, to football. Um, so some of the children we work with there, are maybe age four or five and five, and never even thought about playing football before. So it's a it's a great opportunity for them to come and enjoy the beautiful game.
2: And obviously not just the sport itself. There's the you know other uh, skills that you pick up, the challenges, the teamwork,ing the you know social side of it as well.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Obviously, communication, the social skills are very important. Um, they learn leadership and fair play, um, as well as just a, a, an opportunity for some fun and enjoyment. Very much so
2: mark it really shows that you know sort of football's not just football isn't it that it's kind of the center but so many other sort of great stuff can come from it
1: yeah
0: look football's the one of our key vi- vehicles but it's it's one of many um you know we've mentioned some as we've been talking but and and obviously the the link to the football club is is the identity the brand the colour uh, you know people associate with their with their local football club but i think they often are surprised at the the number of different activities that the foundation I- is actually doing and uh, you know i think that's a good thing
2: and a fantastic link, as you say, to the community and great that people can get involved in so many different ways other than you know, just coming and watching the football and can benefit from so many other ways too, even on a match day as well.
0: Yeah, look, I think since we've come in we're very much about collaboration you know and we're actually working with various different community groups to 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 work together because obviously we've got a certain skill set and 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 actually there are lots of other charities that are doing great things and and to us are you know is why not why not work together and we can help more people so yeah we've got some exciting projects coming up and and a number of those are in collaboration with with other partners
2: and 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 charities so yes it's exciting times and we'll be hearing more about those uh, projects uh, on a future edition of the show uh, with Mark and Kirk from the Wickham Wanderers Foundation. Uh, sat next to Mark at the Wickham Wanderers Ex Players Association dinner, so just goes to show if you sit next to me at a, at a meal event, you could well be on the show. Uh, finally, for this week, we'll hear from manager Gareth Hainsworth. Uh We'll uh, look ahead to the visit of Bristol Rovers, but first, a fantastic victory against who were then top of the table, Ipswich Town at Adams Park last Saturday.
4: You know, I thought first half it was it was great. You know, we watched the first half again and. Uh, and I thought that the uh, the way we played and the and the way we uh, we got up Ipswich was very good, you know. So some chances in the first half, like they had, but then second half we made the decision to to sit back and let them have the ball because they were they were changing team, changing formation. I had to change formation a couple of times to counter that, but we sat back in and uh, and defended everything that they chucked to us. I, I felt that it was the right time and the what the form we're in at the moment, the clean sheets. Um, I thought it was the right time to uh, to soak some pressure up and maybe catch him, on, catch him on the counter, which didn't happen a great deal. But um, the main thing was we got the goal and, uh, and the boys defended really well. And, and you know, all, all for one brilliant save at the end from Max. I don't think they threatened us really too much in that game. And uh, that's testament for all the work rate of all the players that, that uh, you know, played that game.
2: And as you say, the, the soaking up of the pressure, something else which really pleased you as well?
4: Yeah, we've done it before, you know. We 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 call it our deep press, and we've we've done it in various games. You know, it's often paid off for us as well. You know, there's a couple of times where I can remember it hasn't paid off. Norwich at home, I think, and Sunderland away, uh, in just to name a couple. But MK Dons in the semi-final last year, that that worked, and and you know, Lincoln City a couple of years ago at home. You know, we've we've really got a, a knack to this. Um, Soaking the pressure and, and actually uh, having an attitude to go, right, yeah, we know they're going to come on at us and, and you've got to, you've got to soak it up. And, uh, I think we saw in the World Cup recently, a lot of teams did that. They, they played on the county, you know, especially some of the smaller teams and, you know, your, your Moroccos and your, and you, and you Saudi Arabia's and, 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 teams like that. They, they really sat in and, and, and Japan's were, 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 you know the masters of it, and they get great credit for it. Whereas we seem to get sticks sometimes, saying we don't have any possession. But um, that's the way the world works, I suppose. And uh, we'll, uh, well, we'll surely get credit one day. But the only credit the boys need is the credit for me to say, "Well done." They uh, they were excellent. They really were. Uh, the effort that they put in was um, was superb. And uh, and I, I thought we could have played there for another half hour, and, uh, and we still, you know, had a, had a nil against. It was uh, it was that secure.
2: You mentioned the clean sheets. Obviously, three games without considering a goal. Again, must be so pleasing for you.
4: Yeah, of course. You know, you you you, you automatically get points with clean sheets, and uh, and that's that's something we talk about. We have got some proud defenders, Alfie Mawson coming in, as uh, as really given us a new impetus at the back there. You know, even with Ryan Tafazzoli ill at the weekend, Jack Grimm is slotting inside, and Jason McCarthy coming in at right back. We're, yeah, it really worked well. So now I'm, I'm pleased with the. Uh, with the rotations we're doing, with the the attitude we've got at the moment, and uh, and everything you know that's, that's going on here, it's a uh, it's a nice place to be, and uh, and hopefully we can have a, a a decent festive period, which is something that we uh, we have struggled with over the years, but we have a we have a plan for that.
2: And great to have another home game on Boxing Day. You were saying, obviously, what great support against Ipswich and, and large numbers, and going to the bar afterwards, and, and the brilliant reception you got there.
4: Yeah, that was really nice, you know. It doesn't always happen. Obviously after a defeat it's very tough to do that. And after a win it's easy. But um it was nice to give Christmas Day with a with a win under the belt, you know, the boys can uh, the boys can go and enjoy it, the fans can go and enjoy it, and we've got Bristol on, on Boxing Day, which, you know, feels like a sort of a you know, a different part of the season, you know, once you get past Christmas and uh, like I say we've got three big games now coming up in uh, in, in six days and, and we've got to be ready for them. But um I'm sure Bristol will bring a bumper crowd and uh, and Hopefully the Wickham fans will turn up with uh, with little else to do on Boxing Day. Apart from this, a few hangovers or work a bit of turkey off, uh, get down Adams Park and uh, and watch the boys because we're uh, we're in, we're in uh, a decent run of form at the moment, and I'm, I'm pleased with them.
2: It should be another great game as well because obviously Rovers in a similar vein of form to, to Wickham, and obviously just a point or two behind in the table as well.
4: Uh, listen, Joey's done a great job, real really has, you know, and, and you know he, he has uh, he has his critics, he has his fans. I'm, I'm a fan. I think uh, I think he. he he speaks his mind and he's not afraid to upset people. And, and I, I think that's a rarity now in, in, in the world. But um, he's definitely got Bristol Rovers in a, in a, in a good place. Uh, they're playing some good football. They're looking solid. They're scoring goals. And very similar to Wickham, you know, we can't compete with these top, top teams in our league. But we can uh, we can get those unbuyables that that, that mean so much and we, uh, we make them count. And I'm sure it'd be a good game on Boxing Day.
2: And it really shows the sort of progress of the, the, the team as well, that, you know, where you are in the table currently and, you know, recent results as well, just going into this, as you say, second half of the season with with such optimism.
4: Yeah, I've always said that the second half will be stronger because I know what we've got in the treatment room. I know what was coming back. Curtis Thompson, Chris Farino, Dominic Gate, all all back training now, you know, we, we have no injuries at the moment, which is great. You know, I've, I'm sure that such um, work that we we uh, will try and not pick any up, but... Um, you know, it's football. You, you do get knocks and you do get whacks. And uh, and I'm sure that some more will come this season. But at the moment, um, I've got a pretty pretty healthy squad to pick from. And uh, as I said, if if we can be in and around it by at the end of the year, uh, I'm sure we'll have a good second half of the season. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that now.
2: Right? And just finally, do you have a Christmas message for the fans? You know, a bit like the Queen or, or King now,
4: of course, uh, on <laughs> Christmas Day. Uh, de- definitely, uh don't refer to me as Queen or King at all. I'm, I'm not, nothing like that. But um, if I can put smiles on faces uh, on a Saturday, then uh, definitely helps the uh, the Christmas spirit. But I just want to say to all the Wiccan fans, thanks for your support as always. You know it's it's, it's fantastic And we've got one more home game this this calendar year. Uh, if you can get down and support us, and uh, we, you know we'll see everyone back here for. Uh, well, it's a couple of weeks after that, I think, for the Sheffield Wednesday game. You know, that's going to be huge. So, yeah, thank you for your support. I think 2022 has been a decent year for us. Uh, somebody put something in front of me the other day saying we're in the top 20 of points gained clubs in the country out of the 92 clubs. And for me, that's real success for Wiccan Wanderers and, and everyone's played their part. So thank you. Please get the unboxing there and everyone have a, have a safe and, and Merry Christmas.
2: Great to have the message from the manager and uh, hopefully all three points again on Saturday when Bristol Rovers, uh, Saturday, uh, Christmas Eve. No, Boxing Day. What's it called? (laughs) What what day is it? Uh, I've started already. Uh, There'll be between Christmas and the year, nobody will know what day it is. Uh, Boxing Day, of course, three o'clock kickoff at Adams Park, the visit of Bristol Rovers. And then we've got the uh, the trip to Plymouth on uh, Thursday the 29th, but we'll speak to you uh, before then. Have a great Christmas.